Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com video podcast. My name is Chris Ballas. With me, Doug Skeen, Michigan's former All Big Ten offensive lineman, still trying to figure out on his end how to get that iPod working. That there, that iPad, iPad One, or whatever it is. So it's uh, <laughs> Ballas. I, I have uh, I have an old VCR that I've been using over here for many years. So. I- I just I've heard the CD ROMs are now new the new thing. Yeah, and you're actually freezing up, Skeen. You're actually not. Uh, hopefully, this is better. There you go. That's better. I was going to say. So we're actually going to be talking about the spring game today, and I had to have it put on VHS for him. You stole my joke, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> so Doug's got the VCR wound up. He got the all twenty-two video. You know what? I uh, actually have a copy of that somewhere, so we'll have to watch that. But. Uh, I wanted to get your opinions on the offensive line play and some of the defensive linemen, too, after watching that spring game. And you finally had a chance to break it down. That video work that I sent you this time? Yeah, finally did. It was basically the Big Ten, the Big Ten Network's copy that I watched. And um, um, it, was, it was very well, it was very much a spring football game. It looked very, very vanilla, just like we all expected. And, and the offense looked like they were running very stuff i think i only counted maybe four counters ran in the whole thing when they ran counter about 80 percent of the time last year out of their run so it was a lot of man-on-man blocking the pass protection was really simple it was short pockets i did see one new twist they see the, the rollout stuff ballast i don't know if you noticed that at all uh when you were there at the game but uh, the rollout the rolling pocket kind of thing they didn't do much of that last year it looks like that's a new wrinkle this year for this spring Maybe it wasn't new, but it's, certainly they showed it as new. Um, 
But it looked a lot like a spring football game. Uh, the defense kind of knew it was coming because they'd seen it for the previous three weeks. And the offense knew that it was a man-on-man -man game. And so with that said, you know, you're looking at just the individual players. And certainly some things stood out to me. I like the new center a lot, old Bolotini. Uh, and it's like, yeah, that guy looks like he can certainly play the role. And the guys that are coming back, I like some of the things I saw there. The pocket, I don't know, with the exception of one of the sacks, I think it was sack in the second or third quarter there. Um, it looks like a, uh, one of the newer linemen got beat there in the three technique. Um, but pass protection, the one-on-one -on -one pass protection looked pretty good, That which makes, me, makes, which makes me happy as an offensive lineman. On the defensive side of the ball, it's like, yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of guys beating dudes one-on-one, -on -one, especially on the edge. So that's right. an area of concern, but we've talked about this over and over when you lose the guys that we've lost. So, But again, you know, spring football looked about as what I expected. Yeah, and it looked like a Michigan football team. The way they hit, as physical as they were, uh, Brady Hoke used to call it hearing football. And you could hear some football out there, and it was a good thing. You've got some athletes out there making plays. I love the fact that they played the ones, ones-on-ones, -on -ones, and they split the teams up and so on and so forth. The moving pie I thought was interesting, too. This Davis Warren kid, uh, who is a, a walk-on, preferred walk-on at quarterback, did some really nice things in it, I thought. Uh, he's got some zip on that ball scheme. But um, more than anything, I was watching the the individual matchups and, and who improved. It, can Oluwatimi, in your opinion, be an upgrade? Did they do enough to, for you to say Oluwatimi can be an upgrade over Andrew Vistard as a center? I do. I really do. I think he can move just as well, uh, maybe a little bit taller and longer in there as well. Certainly thick enough. All the physical tool there are all the physical tools are there with Olotimi, and it's like wow, this this kid is as good as advertised. And so, um, you know, give him the rest of the summer and getting more comfortable with the team. I, I would expect no drop off at all, and and maybe even a little bit better performance again. With Andrew Vistardis being a second-team All-Big Ten performer last year who had the best year of his career, in my opinion, in Michigan, I do think there's room for improvement there with the guy that we're going to have playing at center. So, And then Zinter moved over and played center there when he when he was on the – I think he played the blue team there. So clearly he's the backup. He's the changeup if something happens to the starting center. So there's lots of options in there. We've been talking about this for years, Valis. When do we get to the point where there's – seven, eight, nine, ten guys you can roll into that lineup and not fall off. Dare we say that we're we, maybe we're here now, that Michigan has true depth in the offensive line? Certainly we do at the tight end position with a lot of young guys in there showing some skills as well. feel pretty comfortable about Michigan's offensive front going into the fall. Yeah, let's talk about the interior guys. What did you see from Zinter and Trevor Keegan in terms of the upgrades or, or improvement, I guess? And, it's, again, it's hard to tell because they're not facing the twists and stuff, right? Did they did they throw a lot at him in terms of twists and everything else in the interior? No, no. It was, there wasn't a whole lot of twisting going on. I did notice a couple early in the game there was a pressure. Uh, clearly Harbaugh, the defensive coaches, agreed to allow an edge blitz. There was a couple formations where Michigan had like a bundle of receivers not too far off of left tackle, and they brought a blitz. We were outnumbered. Um, there was nothing we could do about it in the early snap there. Um, I guess on a, on a side note, uh, the defense, they, they telegraphed the blitz. They started creeping up beforehand, and McNamara was the quarterback. He looked right, he looked right over to his left at it, and I thought, change the protection because the center worked to his right. On that snap and it was Zinter I think it was the blue team Zinter works to his right you know the blitz is coming to the left why didn't you check over slide protect left get an extra blocker over there if you know it's coming 
but they didn't do it. Maybe they don't want to show it. I'm not going to get too excited here in spring ball, but as an offensive lineman, if you know you're going to have a blitz coming, why don't you change it? But they didn't, so I digress. But uh, (laughs) the rest of the stuff, Ballas, was one-on-one pass pro. Saw a couple new faces in that offensive line get a little bent at the hip, bent at the waist, their feet stop. When your feet stop and your head goes down, it's over. You are beat. You are done. Uh, your feet can't move. We saw a few of those. Uh, the good news is that Keegan at left looks really good. When he's healthy, I think he's going to be a really darn good player. I saw him run one of the defensive linemen on a wide zone, almost all the way to the sideline and put him on the ground. That's always fun to watch. Uh, Zinter at the center position, um, when he played center, looks pretty good. Uh, I think he's obviously going to be most comfortable at the right guard spot. So the interior of our offensive line, uh, feel pretty good about that thing going forward because that will be the basis of your pass protection pocket. Obviously, you need to have a stout interior. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the tackles. And did you see Trante Jones? And did you watch him a little bit? And everybody talks about you know Andrew Stuber was a great solid lineman here, and he was. Who knows if he'll be a pro? Of course, they said the same thing about Doug Skeen, who would have been a 15 year pro if Chester McLaughlin hadn't landed on his <laughs> knee. Uh, but uh, you talked about uh, Jones, and everybody talks about his athleticism. Could you see a difference there, and, and what did you see from him? No, I like Jones there. We talked about him last fall when he would come in as the extra tight end, and they bring him in as an extra blocker. The one thing I think he did nice last fall, and I saw a little bit of it in the spring game film as well, is he really fires the hips. When he gets into you and he's run blocking, he'll launch those hips forward, and that's really how you can get some power out of your lower body when you're trying to move people. And so run blocking wise, he proved to us last year that he can do it, gets his feet moving forward and uses those hips and the lower body strength. Uh, Pass blocking wise, from what I saw in the spring game, the pass set was good. He was in good position. And I don't think he gave up any sacks or any bad pressures or anything like that. So, so far, so good for young Jones there at right tackle. I feel pretty comfortable about him stepping in there. And again, credit to Andrew Stuber, who did a really nice job last year at tackle for us. But I think we're going to be all right with Jones at right tackle. Yeah, and then Carson Barnhart might fill that role, right, that Jones had last year. If you go with six linemen out there, Barnhart would be that guy. And he showed some good things last year. Anything in the spring game that caught your eye from him? Yeah, same stuff. Barnhart playing the tackle position. I think he's he's no doubt the next tackle in the game, and he's probably going to be pushing Jones to maybe be that right tackle. We'll see who wins the job for good in the fall. Uh, But he's got to be right in the mix. He's clearly top seven. He's one of the better offensive linemen they've got in there. So a lot of the same stuff, Ballas. It's really hard to say who's really ascending when you're watching only the spring game stuff. Uh, again, because it's it's spring game and there's limited stuff. It's just basic vanilla one-on-one thing. So I thought he did just fine. Uh, Barnhart has always played with a lot of effort. Uh, you can see the hustle a little bit extra downfield. He did the same thing in that spring football game. And when you try as hard as he does and give that kind of effort – You can't help but get better. Yeah. How about Ryan Hayes? Here's a guy uh, I've said he's got to put more weight on. He's got to get stronger. And that was really what they said at the end of last year. And this is a first-team All-Big Ten player, I think, according to the media or the coaches, one of the two. So uh, did some really good things last year. Struggled against Penn State. Uh, At times, everybody's going to struggle every now and then, uh, you know, when you're playing against great players. But uh, it seemed to me that he looked a little bit bigger, seemed a little bit stronger. What would you see from him? What do you want to see from him? Well, what, what we absolutely should expect out of Hazer at left tackle in 2022, it, just like just like Vistardis, this should be his best year in the uniform. 
And so he's got enough time over there, enough development, comfortable in this offense. From what I saw on Saturday in the Saturday spring game from a few weeks ago, same thing. It's like this, this kid's got all the tools and comfort to do it. There was nothing that stood out to me in the spring game that I didn't like except for our inability at times to change a protection and put him in the best position to protect your quarterback. And again, in that blitz, he could have easily just tapped his left butt cheek, told the backfield that he was going to jump out there, made the call to his guard, and slide left. I'm going to pick up this edge guy off the, off the, 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 the corner here. And if he doesn't come, then I'm going to come back in here and help my left guard. That's simple offensive line stuff. I hope that they put that in in the fall. We'll see. We'll be looking for that. But the comfort level that a guy like him should have is right where you want, right? He should be not thinking so much about X's and O's and just how well he's going to execute his technique and how much nastiness he's going to mix in there along the way. You know, I think the low point for him last year was he gave up two bad sacks against Penn State. Uh, cost us a couple possessions there, ended some drives. Uh, he's got to eliminate that stuff. He's got to eliminate the bad play, the bad pass set, the bad beat, right, giving up giving up the sack. And he'll be one of the best tackles in the league, no doubt in my mind. He can absolutely be that good. Any young guys uh, in the twos or the threes that you looked at uh, on the offensive line and said, hey, that guy is ascending or that guy's going to be pretty good down the road? Yeah, uh, uh, the young man there, uh, Crippen, I think, is a Crippen Ballas, I think is his yep. name, uh, number 51 there, wearing Everett's old number. Where Chris, when I see that number in there, it always catches my eye. He came in in some extra time last year and did a couple of cool things. I saw they had him playing right guard uh, in the in the game there. Um, I like the way he moves around. I think there's a lot of potential there. El, uh, the, the young man from Dearborn, El Hadi, Hadi, I think he's just how you yeah. pronounce his name. Watched him a couple of times. Athletically, I like that kid. He can move around. Now, he got caught, again, flat-footed a couple of times, a little high, right? Uh, not getting a whole lot of push. But you just look at these guys that you haven't seen play a lot of football before, and you say, okay, how well does he move? What does he look like? How does he move his hips? Is he getting up to the next level? And he's got the athletic ability to do that. So I notice he's he's got to be ascending up in there to, to make a difference and hopefully get on the playing field this year as a young guy in there. So, again, Back to the point about the depth, uh, offensive line depth, something that we've had not had here in the better part of 10 years around this program. That's no offense to any of the guys that have played in the last 10 years, but quite honestly, the struggle has been when injuries come, there's some severe drop-offs, and now I think we're at a spot based on the talent level that we've seen out there that we know that's been coming, that is coming back and the transfer in at center this should be maybe the strength of this football team again. And I think it absolutely will be. And then you throw a quarterback behind them that is experienced and the guys do lead and follow, throw a couple quarterbacks back there, and you got a chance to have a damn good offense, Ballas. That's exciting. It is, and we'll see how the backs do. And that's one thing that's interesting to me is that Hassan Haskins broke a lot of tackles last year, got a lot of yards after contact, and I think that was an underrated aspect of that offense last year. You go back to the Penn State game, can't tell you how many times I've said this, but in watching that film, Hassan Haskins had 100 and something yards after contact where he looked dead to rights, maybe a guy misses a block, he gets three yards when he should have been stopped at the line of scrimmage. So we'll see if these backs, and Donovan Edwards would probably be the guy. Blake Corum uh, is a tough little guy, but he's not going to be running a whole lot of people over like Haskins did, so that'll be interesting to me to see what happens there. So, um, You know, but, here's the thing about Haskins. If we go back, when Haskins was first on the scene as a running back, before Mike Hart took over the running back room, 
I don't remember Haskins running with that kind of power. I don't remember him having that kind of physical impact. And it seems like when Mike Hart took over that running back group, they all kind of got better at a little bit of everything. They clearly got better at pass blocking. They clearly got better at falling forward. So maybe, just maybe, Coach Hart can get the same kind of change and improvement out of this group of backs that we've seen, specifically Corum and Edwards. Edwards is a special talent out of the backfield. He's proven that, showed his ability in the spring game again to run down the field and catch the football. Can Mike Hart get a little grit and toughness as part of his game too? I think the answer is yes. And as, and yep. we say, you know, Corum is a smaller guy in stature. He's not super tall or anything like that, but he seems to have that Mike Hart kind of way of falling forward. And I think, I think I guess my point here is I think we're going to see a little bit of that Haskins punishing kind of running develop a little bit in all of these guys that you see because it looks to be part of the Mike Hart coaching style that is required if you're going to be on the field playing that position group for Michigan. All right, Skeen, we lost you there for a second, but you were talking about Saron Moore and the technique and development and fundamentals and building on that. And you said uh, you saw a lot of the similar things that Ed Warner was teaching, and these guys are pretty fundamentally sound. Yeah, so going back into the, the you know five-year history of Michigan football, Ed Warner took what looked like a complicated offensive line scheme and, and narrowed it down to some simple stuff. Gap blocking, feet in the right spot, hips moving in the right direction, not getting out of position, and there was marked improvement. And then Jim Harbaugh makes the change. Sharon Moore is the offensive line coach. I myself, along with many others, had questions for a guy who'd never coached it. And then, voila, he, he, he does an incredibly good job, develops a, a Big Ten champion-style offensive line, and uh, he's got guys all Big Ten in there and done a really nice job. And so you watch to see, okay, well, what's next? How is he going to take the next batch? Because every team is different. Every offensive line is different. And the evidence from the spring game is that the continuation moves forward. The the few times you saw offensive linemen pulling it out of the way, somebody blocks down, do they block down flat and get a head and shoulder where they belong? And the guy that's pulling, is he drifting too far deep? Is he going too wide? The answers are no. They look like they know where they're going and how to get there in an effective manner so that when you get home, you can deliver a devastating blow and make a block. And so those things just continue under Coach Moore. And clearly the guys like playing for him. They talked about it all last year. So all that magic potion ballots and all the technique that you have to have, have a really good offensive line seems to be on the continued road of improvement, which, again, should make Michigan fans excited for what this offense can do next year with an offensive line in front of them uh, leading the way like we've, what we're have going to have. Yeah, and a guy that played the position, I uh, like that, uh, and was taught well at Oklahoma, like that. So I guess we should have known, but you never know until a guy coaches never the know. position. Yep, so it's great to see. Uh, I asked you to watch a couple guys on the defensive line. There's a kid, Mason Graham, as a true freshman that I said – is it advanced, uh, and I don't think this is hyperbole, is it advanced alignment I've seen here at this stage of his career, being a mid-year guy, uh, as any defensive lineman I've seen. You can tell he's a wrestler, the way he uses his hands. I thought he held his own with against Olu a couple of times. This kid, I think it's a chance to be pretty damn good. Yeah, for a freshman, Ballas, I'm like, wow, this guy's a true freshman, early enrollee, yeah. clearly ahead of the normal path of things, which is – which is in, in some ways the way it is now in college football with these young guys coming in in great shape. They're strong, they're athletic, they're flexible, 
because of all the training they've had before they even get here. So here's a young guy that I think will absolutely be in the rotation in the middle of that Michigan defense and could be the next star in the middle. We just don't know. But first impressions are good and that you can see the things you just mentioned, the ability to move around and have balance in there, which you have to have because you're multiple. You're, you're fighting against multiple angles and multiple guys all the time, and you have to protect the linebacker behind you. But that young guy in there, yeah, that's that's an eyebrow raiser. Um, you have to be stout in the middle of a defense battle, so you're dead in the water. So he's a bright young spot, among others. I thought the defensive backs uh, played pretty sticky back in there. Now, granted, mm-hmm. they may know they were they were facing limited routes, and there wasn't a whole lot of pick routes going on back there in a spring game. Who knows what the rules are going to these these things? But I did notice some plays on the defensive backs were playing tight, getting the hand up when the ball came into the neighborhood, hand up, hand on the on the on the offensive player for security and playing the ball. So some good stuff out of that defensive backfield as well. Yeah, I liked it. And Junior Colson, I think, is a star. And Jim Harbaugh said on the In the Trenches podcast with John Jansen, and we're going to get him on this podcast at some point too, John Jansen, the new color analyst for Michigan football, Doug Karsh, the play-by-play guy. Uh, but he was talking about, uh, I just lost my train of thought, Junior Colson. And he said, uh, Harbaugh said, this guy has a chance to be one of the best ever at this position at Michigan. You can see uh, the way he, his length, the way he runs, the way he hits, six uh, three, two hundred forty. I think he said. Now to be able to run like that at six three, two forty is kind of scary. So uh, it's all about depth there in the middle. Yeah, well, six three, two forty, and you run like that. Uh, yeah. That is not uh, that is not something that you find laying around very often. Ballas, that kind of talent to be able to play in there, and it's still he's, he's a young guy, right? He's still a dude in the early part of his career here at Michigan who's ascending to star status so let's not let's not get too crazy with the accolades for this young guy but i think we've been excited since we first saw him we saw him play a ton of football last year obviously Uh, but the dude can make plays and again going back to the guys in front of him you have mozzie smith and again an interior defensive line that can keep him clean and let him run that will be critical to the success of colson in the fall of 2022 Um, so that defensive line's just got to do a good job keeping him upright, keeping those offensive line off of him. And I think they're going to. Mozzie Smith is an absolute stud in there. He's bigger, faster, stronger. So, And I think the depth is going to be okay. So we'll find out. Uh, we'll know more, obviously, in the opener, and that's a ways away. But we'll get you back on here in a couple of weeks. We'll do an In the Trenches with the the spring game footage. And, Skeen, I appreciate it. Go work on your golf game, uh, short game, and whatever. So... <laughs> Ballas, can we get spring to finally arrive here? Can we get right. more yeah. than two days of warm air in a row? That'd be great. I'd be fine with that. Hey, Saturday and Sunday, and then it's back to the 50s. So, hey, above <sighs> 50 degrees, I think you're out there, and you'll be okay. So we'll so the that. threshold the threshold is 50 degrees or above is golfable in Michigan. Right. Um, although I saw some guys out here this last week, and it's like I looked at the car, and it was – 33 degrees and dudes out there golfing it's like man i love to play yeah. but man i don't love to play that much so hats yeah, off well, to those guys there yeah it was john it was john borden so in his crew <laughs> so, there you so, i appreciate you man thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you next week all right Ballas, go blue madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 
in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.